0: They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. So hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today, we have a guest, Karen Maloney. And Karen is a soulful individual full of gratitude, compassion, and fun. She worked as an events manager for years before following her true calling as a woman's inside-out coach and energy practitioner. She's also the founder and host of the Curiosity and Consciousness podcast, karen helps clients on their awakening path to create lasting changes from the inside out by realigning their inner compass and expanding towards their own personal truth welcome karen
1: oh thanks victoria it's great to be here thanks thanks for having me and hello to all your listeners as well
0: Yay! and Karen, I was so excited when you reached out to do this interview because I am so excited to find out what an inside out coach is. And I know we talked a little bit about it, but wow, what a powerful message just in the very own title of how you do your work. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do and how you became an inside out coach? Yeah, sure. I suppose it's just kind of been
1: part of my life journey as well from a when I look back now, you know, the way when you look back with hindsight and as you find your own path and your true calling, you can see like, oh, everything was perfect all along. But kind of when you're in it at times, you're like, what the hell is going on? You know, Phew, what's happening? So I suppose from a very young age, I kind of went on an inward journey. I had a childhood trauma and that kind of, yeah, it put me very on an inward journey I kind of shut down that was my coping mechanism and created walls now I can see there were solid walls not just healthy boundaries that I talk about a lot with my clients they were solid walls it was like my way of protecting myself and I suppose then when it was time for me to you know because our bodies are highly intelligent and they do what they need to do in any situation to survive but then when it comes the time for us to look at these things and to learn from them and grow from these experiences that's when we kind of need to sit with us and do some of the inner work but you know i suppose in my teenage early 20s when this was starting to come up you know we're not taught how to Deal with our emotions. Like, I just thought emotions were the craziest thing. I didn't know that they're like our friends and we're actually meant to have a relationship with them. So I suppressed and I ran and kind of just kept avoiding everything, you know, kept my solid walls, which, you know, doesn't bring you to the best of places. And so, yeah, I suppose just through my own journey and actually learning to get to know myself truly from the inside out and to build that relationship and that trust in myself and you know my emotions and learning that they're always on my side. Like they're always giving me information. You know, they're not things to be feared. They're not things to be scared of. They're like my own personal feedback system. So yeah, I suppose just through my own journey and eventual kind of burnout and (laughs) different things. I always knew from a young age as well that I wanted to do my own thing. And I suppose through, and I'm eternally grateful for this in, inward journey that I went on from a young age because books were my savior back then. There was no internet or anything. So I suppose I've read a lot of types, self-help autobiography books as well of people who'd been through difficult situations and managed to rise and grow and be these incredible people that help others. So I had all this stuff. But it was nearly like, and I was very into kind of angels and energy work. I came across energy work at a very young age when I was about 14 or 15. And just something within me clicked. It just made total sense. So I was kind of learning and exploring and doing all these things myself. But it was very much, it was like my own private hobby or something. You know, it wasn't something I talked about with other people. It wasn't things I shared. It wasn't like all my friends were into it. So it was like I had a lot of inner and outer dissonance as well. So this was like my safe haven and I was getting a lot of information for this and support for myself. But then I was still trying to conform and, you know, do the things expected from society. But they kind of made me feel like, well, this is not what I want. So, so yeah, it's... That whole coming full circle and, you know, working from the inside out is everything. Like when we get the internals right and that relationship with ourselves and building and knowing our intuition and trusting it and following those nudges and guides, we will never be led astray ever. And, you know that's, yeah. And that's, you know, no more than your work. That's how I work with women as well to, to shift the internals and yeah, live from the inside out because it
0: makes all the difference. (laughs) And so many of us get the message too, right? That you know, being successful in life or being happy in life or whatever it is that you're seeking is to be found out there. When in fact, the real work is always to be done on the inside. And when we shift internally, oftentimes the outside world magically shifts with us. But when we go chasing it outside of ourselves, you know, we're spinning, we're like chasing our tails. Completely. And it's like,
1: you know, it's like I say as well, like, when you think about it, the only way we know ourselves is through other people's ideas, expectations of, you know, from when we grow up, we're constantly looking outside and that's how we learn. Like, you know, it's not that there's something particularly wrong with that. That's how we learn, you know. We're told by society or family or peers, education, culture, religion of this is what you do to be a good person. And, you know, this is bad. This is whatever. So we kind of build this identity purely in the externals, thinking that's all there is. But again, even through my work in event management and that, I loved it. Um, but eventually I got to a place where, again, I could feel that, colon inner void or an emptiness that many people feel. That it was like, but well, what? I've, I've got these boxes ticked on the external that I'm meant to feel these incredible things or fulfilled or happy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm content, but I feel enslaved because I'm like, I want to be in charge of my own time. My time is my most precious commodity. It's non-renewable. And I'm like, I don't want to have to beat jump to the beat of someone else's drum and you know be like oh you have to be here these hours these hours these hours and you can only have holidays and these days and again I'm just talking about me personally you know it's not that this is for everyone people are very happy in that situation that's fine because everyone brings their skills their talents their innate abilities to whatever aspect of work for them but for me I was like there was just still something I was like no, and I suppose that's when. And I had travelled many years. I'd gone back backpacking straight after university, and that really helped me. You know, the time I was just in it and enjoying it and just making the most. But really, the benefits of that whole experience, like everything, <laughs> <laughs> I was really exper- experiencing the benefits years later. And I was starting to ask myself questions of. Well, hang on a second, who am I really without this job and without this identity, without this, you know, tagging to all these attachments and labels? I'm like, who am I? And, you know, thinking back to when I was traveling, and I was like, wow, when I was backpacking and had no money, I was out and about, I was having these new experiences, I was meeting different cultures, new people, having the most incredible deep conversations about all sorts of things that you'd never come across in normal daily life. And when I thought back, I was like, wow, I was absolutely overjoyed and elated and so content with like nothing. Mm -hmm. And I met the most contented people in my life in third world countries that would appear to have nothing by societal standards. And they were like the happiest, most joy filled, caring, generous people I'd ever met in my life. So I was like, okay, I know I haven't got this spark here in my job anymore. So, and I knew I didn't want to get another job per se. I knew it was time to start my own thing. But again, we all have fear. We all come up against our inner blocks, our resistances, that inner critic that is like, what are you doing? This is crazy. You're insane. You know, you can't do anything yourself. Blah, 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 blah. And again, that's what the inner work is all about. It's it's just being curious and not being afraid to question, well, hang on, where are these thoughts coming from? You know, Mm -hmm. who is this? Is this my true self? And eventually you come to a place and you're like, no, it's kind of ego and higher mind. And that's what the intuitive part is, as well as building that trust to connect more with your higher mind, your true self, your spirit, your soul, your essence, and allow that to filter through more than ego and it's just a practice like we all have it but it takes a little bit of work and it takes us getting honest with ourselves and taking the time and exploring these self-inquiry questions because I know for years as well I ran from them because I could have rhymed off what I didn't want and what wasn't working and what was lacking and what was missing and all these things but then if someone asked me okay well tell me what do you want I'd like
0: oh jeez, I don't know. (laughs) Right, it's so, and it's so powerful. You said so many powerful things. And I think that, you know, I work with so many people that come in and, you know, their outside life might be going fine, but inside something's lacking and they know it. And that void, like you said, opens up between this is what should make me happy. And I've been doing this a really long time, but yet something is off, something is wrong. And that is often the first step you know towards going inside and awakening that greater deeper meaning in life. So it's so yeah. powerful. And you said something else at the beginning that I would love to get back to because I think it's all related that whole feeling of our emotions and our feelings. Mm. Because I think that a lot of times for many people those feelings, those emotions are part of our GPS. And even though a lot of You know, I wouldn't say emotions and intuition are not the same thing, but when you don't tune into the emotions and you don't know how to work for them, you cut yourself off from yourself. Yeah, completely.
1: Yeah. Like emotions. Oh. And again, it's like, you know, once you get to that place, you're like, oh, well, I'm not my emotions, you know, and I'm not my thoughts. They're just transient. They are the result, the end product of a thought because everything starts with thought. So whatever emotion we're feeling, now I can trace it back to the thought that, you know, set off those biochemical reactions in my body in the first place. And most of the time, those thoughts are connected to either a past event, a past memory, or a future event that hasn't happened. So what does that mean? That means I'm not present, you know? But the beautiful thing about emotions is as well, it's like, Yeah, there are friends, but I know for me for years, because I had shut down, I kind of numbed, you know, well, it's like Brene Brown's talk as well, which is one of my favorite TED Talks, The Power of Vulnerability. She talks about how we can't selectively just choose which emotions we want to shut down. Like, I don't want to feel pain or hurt or fear. Yeah, we can decide that. But if we decide that by actually shutting off one, we shut them all down including joy, happiness, you know, elation, ecstasy, whatever. We shut them all down. So I was kind of living in this place of numbness. I'm like, didn't feel, I was afraid to feel like too much happiness or too much sadness because I thought, oh, wow, you know, if I go there, if I open myself up to feel, well, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's like, oh, maybe this whole Pandora's box and everything's just going to crumble and fall apart and I'll never be able to get out of feeling bad or sad or resentment or anger or whatever it is for somebody. Whereas that's actually not what happens at all, you know, and the more I go through my journey and the more I do this in work and work with others, the thing we actually all need to do is completely feel, feel everything. Because the thing about them is they're transient, they're impermanent, but when we block ourselves from feeling, we suppress them. So it, it lingers And it will, it kind of stays in our energy field and our aura and it kind of is suppressed there. And it'll try to rise a couple of times. And the more we run, the more it'll just prolong the process. And the more we get entangled in, you know, depression or sadness or pain or physical illness, that's what happens. So it's like, they're just emotions. And I know for me, It was like, oh, I felt like if I didn't feel happy all the time or joyful or content or grateful or something, well, then there was something wrong with me. And now I'm like, no, everyone ebbs and flows. You know, we all go through the highs and the lows. But the thing about it is the more that we connect with our emotions and allow them, the more they are transient and we don't go on this kind of roller coaster with them. We can remain centered, balanced, connected, and you know, in this state of yeah, like inner balance. And the emotions kind of wash over us, but then we come back to this this place of centeredness. If that makes sense for people, it makes because again, sense. Yeah, again, it's about flipping the script. You know, whereas I used to live, and most people live from a place of stress, anxiety, worry, like that's most people in the world, unless you start doing this work. Whereas actually no, our true nature is to be of ease, of flow, of joy, of love, of gratitude. So that's the beauty of the inner work as well. It's like flipping it on its head and coming back to our natural state, our natural Energetic place that we're all born from of flow and ease and joy. And yes, we'll fall out of that every now and again into fear and panic and stress and anxiety or anger or whatever, fine. But we'll fall out, but we come back to our center very quick. If you watch an infant, right?
0: If you mm -hmm. watch a baby, before they have learned which feelings are good, which feelings are bad, before they've learned how to turn it on or turn it off, right? They are fine and then they are distressed and they let yeah. you know and they emote. And then they're fine again because they don't have any thoughts in their head about what they're supposed to be feeling and they, they don't have the mind feeding them with you shouldn't feel this way, you should want this, you should want that. And it's it's really magical, right? Because Absolutely. we all, you know, the your emotions at their core are just feedback loops for, you know, how your body mind entity is doing right now. And yeah. I love what you said too, because when we resist those things, they don't tend to go away. We can bury them so deep that we lose complete and total touch with ourselves, which yeah. I think was your experience, but mm-hmm. we also waste so much energy doing that. And we have thought ourselves so many layers away from our true selves that we get lost.
1: Oh, totally. And I can absolutely 100% vouch for how exhausting it is, hiding our true self, having to fight and suppress those emotions. It is absolutely exhausting. Whereas when we just see them, allow them, witness them, name them. Because the thing about it is, I, I couldn't have named the emotion. I'll tell you a story, you know, because again, doing all the inner work, it doesn't just happen overnight. I remember I've been on this journey a long time, but a couple of years ago, all of a sudden, just, I was in my bedroom one day, I was just getting dressed or heading out, I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden I just got this sense of that, like there was, you know, like an old pirate treasure chest, you know, like if you've imagined from any of the movies, an image of a pirate treasure chest for that. I just felt this sense of this kind of treasure chest deep within me or somewhere in my energetic field. And I, I, you know, my higher self, my energy was like, you need to open that chest. And this is just one day normally in my room. I wasn't in meditation. I wasn't doing the inner work. And this is the thing, your insights and comprehensions can come at any stage when you do the work. And it's a never-ending journey. But I was just in my bedroom and I just got this sense of just this box I had to open that there was some locked emotion in it. And of course, my initial reaction was like, oh my God, no way. I have no idea what's in that box. I'm not opening it, blah, de, blah, de, blah. And this is all intuitively. This is all energetically. It wasn't as if, and within seconds, it wasn't as if I was there talking to Anna Wannerantha. And, and next thing I was like, okay, and I just opened the box. And next thing the emotion that I felt or that I named that had been hidden deep within me for so long was shame. But the second I opened that box and saw, oh my God, like, because I was completely blind to that. And this is the thing, we are blind. That's why it's called shadow work as well, because we're absolutely blind to it. So, but the minute I just named it, it was just like this instant clarity and I felt like a thousand years had been lifted off my shoulders because I was like, oh my God, what the hell was I carrying that for? Like, I had no need to carry that. And I was like, shit, this is what has been running in my energy field, you know, for so long, possibly from when I was a child from the childhood trauma, but also it could be ancestrally, generationally, because, you know, we're infinite spirits. But that was something that was ready to come up. And then since that day, like I cannot tell you the difference and the lightness. And when you have an experience like that, and now I've had many because, you know, they're too many. But when you have those kind of experiences, they are no, like you can have as many thoughts, read as many books in the world. They are no substitute for an actual experience. And sometimes a lot of us, we have and even clients I I work with as well, you know, we've, because again, we're not taught anything about emotions or emotional intelligence. So we don't know how to name emotions. I know sometimes even again, if something comes up and I sit in meditation, I'm like, okay, I just allow this emotion, I feel it in my body. Where is it? How does it feel dense or heavy or tight? And you know, is it in my chest or my throat? And then it's like, what emotion is it? And sometimes I'm like, oh, it's fear, it's anger. And then, you actually allow, and it's like, oh, no, it's sadness, you know? Like, we often don't know how to name them straight away. Right. So, again, it's, it's a practice. It requires patience, lots of self-compassion. And just like you mentioned, like children, you know, just allowing. Like, do, there's no need to judge. There's no need to analyze. There's no need to criticize. There's no need to go in with our story to try and figure out, why am I feeling this emotion now? It doesn't matter. Just allow it. It's ready to be released. We just need to name it to heal it. That's it. That is it. It is that simple, but I know the kind of work it takes to get to that point as well.
0: (laughs) Well, no one teaches us. I work with so many kids and parents. That's a big part of what I do and what I've done from the outset. And I love teaching emotional literacy to kids, Mm -hmm. for sure, because a lot of times they don't get it. But also parents, because, again, we get the script that we inherited from our parents, and it just keeps going. And the number of parents, it just struck me what you said, the number of parents that when a child is having a rough time, they come in with the why, 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 why. And again, what they're doing in that moment is they're cueing their child to leave the experience and go into their mind. Mm. And it's, you know, again, it's well-meaning, but so harmful. Because of course, in those moments, you don't know why. And it's not about why. It's about being present with what is and allowing that to show you. Completely. It's about
1: non-resistance, acceptance of what is, like you said. And because when we think about it, like I said earlier, now I know when an emotion arises it's just connected to a thought. And like that, if we when we can separate the emotion from the story, from that charge, you know, that's everything. Because again, you know, we all have stuff that happened to us, you know, shit happens and challenges and difficulties and pains we go through. Like everybody, every single soul, because that's a part of this plane, this density, this, this earth that we're in. So the thing about it is, it's just... You know, if an event has happened in the past and it's still affecting us now, well, it's not the actual event that's hurting us. It's our thoughts and the story around the event that we are still carrying that is hurting us now. So that's why everything again comes back to
0: our thoughts. Right. Even when it's happening now, I recently had a difficult experience and it became while it was happening, it became so clear to me in a way that I hadn't ever really experienced before. How, even when crazy stuff is happening, it's often what your mind is telling you about it that is causing the suffering, and that was happening. And you know, if you can find presence or even space, even a little teensy tiny bit of space between your perceptions and what you think is happening in that space of awareness within oh my gosh it opens up so many new possibilities for contentment even when the the poop is hitting the fan
1: yeah absolutely and i learned that as well through a really traumatic experience in 2016 which i could say it was from then that I really started walking my talk. So I had read everything, I knew everything cognitively up until that point. I was doing different bits and pieces, but I didn't have a set daily practice or, you know, I wasn't very disciplined at meditation or anything like that. I dip in and dip out. But from 2016, a guy I was going out with at the time just, you know, basically, long story short, sent me an email and disappeared from my life. Never heard from him since. We were living abroad at the time. I was at home in Ireland visiting my parents. He sent me the email. He wasn't from Ireland. He said he'd gone back to his home country, but he was going to have all my stuff shipped back to Ireland and nothing ever arrived. So not only the relationship, but I lost all my possessions, like all my my clothes, everything I owned, shoes, bags. And obviously before I left Ireland, I'd quit my job. I'd sold my car. I'd been using my savings while we were living over there at the time. So I literally, I felt like someone picked me up and dropped me back like 18 years to my parents' house because I hadn't lived there before university and I couldn't afford to go anywhere else. And I literally felt like just the ground was pulled from beneath me. Like the shock, the pain, I felt like my heart had been obliterated into a million pieces. I just could not stop crying. I was stuck to the bed like rent not even just crying, like, you know, as a child, when you're younger, you get those fits where you can't even breathe, you're crying so much, that kind of crying, and I was like that for a couple of days, and it was pretty quick, like, I'd say three or four days into, you know, after that email, I was in my bed one day again, like that, in hysterics, couldn't breathe with all the crying, and instantly, this major calm, came over me out of nowhere and I remember kind of thinking in my bed going hmm like that's strange how did I get so calm all of a sudden but then I heard a voice and it was like okay Karen you've two choices here you stay exactly as you are miserable crying not talking to anyone not eating just totally missing out in your life stopping living or you accept this as your reality and you move forward and I was like, in that instant, just the clarity. And I was like, oh yeah, I was like, sugar. Because obviously during those first few days, I've been stuck in the whys, the what ifs, you know, what did I miss? What did I do wrong? What did, you know, if I hadn't have done this, if I hadn't said this, oh my God, like I was so stupid, why did I do this? You know, going through all the what ifs because I had no answers. I got an email and it just disappeared. Wow. So I was going through all these what ifs. But then in that moment, it was just that clarity of, oh yeah, I still have a choice. I was like, yes, this is extremely traumatic and this is really painful. But the thing is, it's happened. So I can't unhappen it. So by me staying in this way and missing out on my life and being miserable and going through all these million-known questions, I'm actually just really destroying and hurting myself even more. So I picked myself up from that moment forward. and But everything changed. Again, it was an experience. It wasn't just right. a thought. And everything changed from that moment. I never cried like that again. And it wasn't to say it was easy from then on, but no, it was easier. And that's how I learned when that fear and that panic and that stress, like literally it was full on panic and fear. You know, the story that was going through my mind was like, that's it. I'll never be able to rebuild my life. I'll never be able to rebuild my life. There's no way I'll be able to rebuild my savings, you know, find another relationship, have time to get married or kids. This is the story I was telling myself. And I was like 33, but it was like, that's it. I'll never be able to rebuild my life. And... Yeah, you know, once, like you say, once you separate the event from the emotions, when those emotions rose and that, I mean, crippling fear and panic about the future rose, I'd sit with it and I would get really present. And the more that I did this, the more I realized I was like, oh my God, because again, we still have so much. I was like, yeah, okay, I lost all these things. But actually, I still have a, well, I had a second awakening shortly after that during one of these panics when this fear and crippling panic arrived about the future again I heard the voice and was like put your hands in your heart and start giving thanks." and I was like "Mm, okay so I did and some days I was standing in my bedroom and I'd be like I'm so grateful for the carpet I'm so grateful for the walls I'm so grateful for the lights I literally felt like I just had to scan the room but again after a while It made me so present and it actually opened my eyes because we actually don't see what we have and all the beauty that is around us, no matter what is going on. And again, this just created more space from the event. And then eventually I just, one day I caught myself, I was in this fear and this panic and I was like, sugar, I was like, this only hurts me when I remember to think about it. Right. So powerful. that, That was really powerful. Because when I am present, 100% present, I'm like, I have everything. Like there's still friends and family who love me. I like the beauty, nature. I, I can walk, I have eyes, I can breathe. You know, I've got food, I've got a roof over my head. Like it just took a whole other layer, veil off my eyes. And that's where I live now, I live in the present. Because again, like you mentioned earlier, when you have that acceptance, a non-resistance to what is, everything's always perfect. And not also that, when we get present, once I made that decision to accept that, okay, yeah, this is happening. This is my reality and I'm going to deal with it as opposed to running and deny like I would have before. I open myself up to feel everything. Again, everything came my path. We are always being guided. Next thing I received an email about tapping, like EFT tapping. I was like, oh, it came in my inbox. And I was like, okay. And I started tapping. Different angel card readers started popping up on my YouTube and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch them. And I watched them and all these things came to me. Our guidance, our support is always there. But when we have tunnel vision, when we are cut off from the present, when we are so fixed to our plan and how things need to be and how we want them to be and how we expect them to be, we can
0: often miss all this guidance and this intuition it is, that is It's always there for always us. always there. And I think always, sometimes it always. takes those moments, those big painful moments, yeah. as hard as that is, to open up and to start to go, okay, I'm ready for anything. And then you start to see what's been there all along.
1: All Karen, along. this has
0: been amazing. <laughs> I can't believe how long we've been talking. Um, I know. It always happens. It always does. It's magical. And I hope it's okay to share. And if it's not, we can edit this out. But I see in your 2016 crisis situation, in addition to obviously pointing the way to greater healing and growth, you were clearing so much energy and so many misbeliefs and so much stuff about you know, that you would come into this lifetime to release. So yay for you. I just see it and it's beautiful. And for some reason, I feel called to share that and share that with our audience. So I hope that's okay. Oh, that's totally okay. Thank it's you just so much beautiful. for sharing. And, and again, you know, I love how you shared That presence, because it's when we become present with ourselves, it's not something you can force, by the way. And if Mm -hmm. you have had a life crisis and you're sitting in your room now crying, definitely hear that you know healing is possible, and definitely hear that you know when you are willing and able to still that mind and find that presence, help will come. Mm -hmm. But it's not something that you force. No, it's not a like story that. that you tell yourself about yourself, and certainly nothing's wrong with you, but it hasn't happened for you exactly that way just yet.
1: Exactly. And that is it. And that is the big thing that you know when we just drop into our own life, and that's why it's not about comparison, you know, dropping into our own life and accepting our own truths or paths that are showing up and that non-resistance again, then we can allow ourselves to be guided to what is right for us. But again, it all works in perfect timing. And if, you know, like that, the experience was extremely traumatic at the time, but I swear to God, I would not change a second of it because the gifts, the wisdom, what I have learned within myself, and this is a big part of it as well. It's that self responsibility because I had to get really sit my ass down and get honest with myself as well and be like, okay, But what was it in me in the first place that attracted that type of guy? Like,
0: you know, and that's
1: a part where a lot of people often don't want to go. Because again, we're not taught to assume responsibility ourselves. It's easier to blame and point the finger externally. But now because I've undertaken the inner work now. So I'm like, oh yeah, I can, I can see clearly, you know, I had my walls, I was emotionally unavailable. So I was attracted to a person who was also emotionally available. And we were in this dysfunctional, emotionally unavailable, right? (laughs) That seemed perfect relationship together, you know? So again, extremely difficult. Everyone goes through them, but I just, everyone just honored their journey where they're at and just do what needs to be done to get so present. Because again, when we live in our mind, I always say, as well, like where my body is, because we all get caught up in mind and thoughts and fear and panic and worry and the future and money and all these things. Everyone, every single person, like that's a part of life. But again, it's building that practice and that awareness that now I know when I'm gone up to my head and right. when I'm in my head, I'm not present ever, ever, ever. And I have to look at my body because where my physical body is, is real life. That's what's happening right now. The rest, anything else, if I'm in another timeline, I'm
0: in an illusion in my head. So So. Karen, this has been so much fun. We have to wrap up. If somebody, (laughs) I'm sure many of our listeners are going to be so inspired by your words of wisdom today and your experiences. If someone feels called to work with you, How do they find you and briefly what does that look like?
1: Yeah, so my website is soulpowerlight.com, S O U L, soul. So they can reach out there. I have information about my coaching style. I suppose for me, because I'm very much into energetics as well, I'm attuned to Reiki and IET and did a lot of one to one sessions and, you know, from a young age as well, it's everything is energy at the end of the day. So it's a mixture of energetics, tapping as well as powerful and talk therapy. But I like to help people again, you know, get to that place of honesty within themselves, you know, flipping the script from the inside out and moving towards their own personal truth, because we all have a path, a purpose gifts to share and to shine in this lifetime that are truly ours but again it takes you know that that getting present and that shifting from the attachment to the external world and to our external identity to moving inwards and getting to know more of our internal world and connecting into that magic place (laughs) so yeah on my website soulpowerlight.com
0: And people can reach out there and connect. Perfection. And we'll have that in the notes. And we'll also have in the episode notes, the link to your podcast and any socials that you have. So thank you so much for coming today. This was such an amazing and inspirational conversation. And it was a blast.
1: Thank you so much, Victoria. I really enjoyed it. And was an honor to join you and your guests.
0: All right. Namaste. Namaste. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again, and namaste. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.